inconceivable. It's laughable. So it's this whole trust and credibility um, issue that is just it's 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 uh, becoming an anvil in our campaign. Are we going to uh, light our hair on fire uh, every time that there is a setback in the campaign against ISIL? Or are we going to take very seriously our responsibility? I might. I'll have to ponder it. I will put it on my list <laughs> for due consideration. A new article says the Republican Party is dying literally because its voters are so old, which may explain the GOP's new slogan, Avenge me! Michael Graham from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm going to take, first of all, I'm taking no Hillary bashing from you. Um, but, uh, the, uh, but the interesting thing. Look, you're in a foul mood. You haven't eaten any real food in days. <laughs> Somebody get this man a sandwich or a chip and fish or whatever the hell it is you eat over there. But someone give this guy Guinness stew. Please, I can't talk to George Hook on an empty stomach. You're by actually, the way, I want to make it perfectly clear. The motto of the Republican Party is not avenge me. The model Republican Party is get off my lawn, you young punks. It's very, very different. <laughs> I want to ask you about the Republican Party because yes. I read an obituary this week which was really interesting. It was uh, Rockefeller's uh, wife died. Right, happy. Happy, happy Rockefeller. And mm-hmm. apparently, and I'd forgotten this, it was a monumental scandal because Rockefeller left his wife and she mm-hmm. left her husband and then that effectively ruined his chances of getting the Republican nomination for the presidency. Well, that and the fact that the party had totally you know, gone in a different direction. I mean, the fact is Ronald Reagan led a movement to move the party to the right and the Republican Party went with him. That's one of the reasons why Jeb Bush will not be the nominee. Nothing against Jeb Bush as far as a person or a politician. It's just that he's this is not his moment anymore. And he, the party's leaving him behind. No, but the point, I suppose, I, I, that came out in the obituary because mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that. The first divorced man to right. be a Republican presidential candidate was your pal Reagan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was a, it was at one time a scandalous kind of thing. But he had also been married, you know, remarried a long time. You know what I mean? It wasn't a Gary Hart kind of, you know, follow me out on the boat. You know, we got to get married in a hurry kind of thing. He and yeah. Nancy been together a long time. All right. Now, one of the things I've always actually liked about you, there's not much no, to like. Not many. Yeah, but one of the things I've liked about you is we Irish are pretty foul-mouthed in general. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we kind of use cuss words as an adjective rather than right. an actual nasty word. We just stick them in there, right? Sure. For emphasis. Now, Tiger um, is the worst swearer on the tour. Now, I've I've thought about this. It's obviously based on sort of television coverage and so on. Tiger still gets more television coverage than almost any other golfer. So therefore, because you see more of him on television, you're going to see him swearing more often. But he does. Uh, He is notorious, though, even among people who have a um, colorful vocabulary. Tiger Woods is notorious. I mean, there was an interview a couple years ago where... He was out with his son, and he's and they're watching another guy play golf. And every time the guy hits a good one, he drops the f bomb in front of his son. He calls his son a little, um, as you taught me to say, George S H one T. And he calls Charlie that to his face. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, he does. He's notorious. 
And uh, so it's just a, you know, it's it's a flavorful vernacular, as one would say. Uh, and hey, I, I Tiger say, is a real example of having a dodgy father, though, isn't he? Yeah, and he's also a real example of what happens when you can have anything you absolutely want. And uh, some of us would prefer that My he, grandchildren uh, are like that. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta talk, chat them up sometime. Yeah. But uh, so, no. but you know, in, in America, we're very, you know, we're relatively mild mannered on the profanity front on uh, television. You know, we don't have, we don't have the kind of language on our regular television that you know, I see from British television. For example, right. I remember watching Monty Python as a kid, and like, oh my gosh! I mean, just. The words they would use and the words they would hint about, like they had a guy who the premise was that he couldn't pronounce the letter C. He would call, say B. So instead of, you know, jumping in the car, he would jump in a bar or whatever. And a guy said, why don't you just use the word K instead of C? He said, I never thought of that. What a silly bunt. <laughs> and I, when I heard that, I was oh, my God. I mean, that was hair standing on end in the United States when that happened. All right. Uh, and it's changed to a degree on cable. Uh, there's some pretty strong stuff on cable, but on broadcast TV, remember, it wasn't that long ago that we were uh, throwing um, uh, Michael Jackson's sister under the bus because of a mor- wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl. Now, speaking of words, um, it's not a game I've ever played, ever, ever, ever. But Ingrid engages now with long-distance Scrabble with her mm-hmm. daughter in London. Are you a Scrabbleite? And if so... I have been... I have been dragged into the world of Scrabble by my lovely bride, Buttercup, who you've met and her family. They are diehard Scrabble players, and I have learned something. I hate Scrabble. I thought I liked Scrabble. You know, I like words and whatever. But uh, Scrabble isn't normal people using letters to spell words they know, you know, t- t- in a competition. No. Scrabble is this weird game where there's this weird universe of Scrabble words that no one uses ever in life, but that you use them on the board. And it was bad enough when you had weird words like XU, which is some money somewhere in the world, or uh, you know stuff like you know, this, uh, odd. Uh, oh, oh, za. Here's everything you know about Scrabble, George. Za is a word, but Zen isn't when you play Scrabble. Explain that to me. What does za mean? Have you ever heard anyone say za? No. No, it's short apparently for pizza. Except I've never heard anyone say that. Zen, which is a word I use all the time, you can't use it because in the Scrabble universe it's a proper noun. It's just it's it's ludicrous. And now what they're gonna do is they're gonna throw in all these text universe words like L O L Z, you know, laugh out loud on your text. That's a word now. And Brezzy for your best friend, B R E Z Z Y. And all this why why no how about this? How about Scrabble for normal people where you have to use words that real people use? That's the game that I want to play, but that's not Scrabble. Yeah, I'm certainly with that. I mean, I, I don't play it. As I said. I've never played it. I mean, ever, ever, ever. And but, I, but I want to be, I want to be clear something. I'm not saying that the words have to be old, established words. I'm not saying we have to go back to the written over, you know, the King James Version and the half and rot, you know, for our, right. our three-letter word point. But, like, for example, selfie. Selfie is clearly a word. It has entered the vocabulary whether you want it to or not. But BAE, B-A-E, which is an acronym for before anyone else or my someone you're affectionate about, for the vast majority of Americans, that means nothing. Are we going to start grabbing words out of like, you know, video game culture and, you know, punk kid on the street culture? No, stop it. Okay. Now, um, what are you paying the kids at McDonald's these days? 
Uh, as little as possible. Actually, you know, we're paying them more than they're worth. Ah, uh, listen. All them. right, okay. How much are you paying them, Mick? Answer the seven forty-five. I think is the federal minimum wage. You know, <laughs> seven forty-five. Like something like that. You can't get a beer for seven forty-five, Mick. Okay. Well, then you should do something that's worth more money. That would be my suggestion. Well, what's what's going on? They want more money. Well, what's going on? The, 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 the movement is called Fight for Fifteen. They want a fifteen dollar uh, an hour minimum wage. Because you can't live on less than $15 an hour. And I, of course, agree. But what does the fact that you can't live have to do with the value of your time? You know, you can decide that you're going to be a folk singer tomorrow. But if you suck, you're not going to be able to make enough money I, to pay your bills. Make, I, I'm, I'm just talking to a former minister of education, Quinn, earlier on. And I was mm-hmm. saying modern-day kids uh, can't actually uh, multiply. But right. 15 bucks an hour for a 40-hour mm-hmm. week is 500 bucks. It's $26,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for for handing out supersized fries. If you even do that. And this is the problem. No one has found a way to end around you are worth something. Your work is worth something. And I can only overpay you for that work. And I say this, George, as someone who you know is wildly overpaid for what I do. But you can only make that economic model work for so long. So what's happening here in the United States is that there are cities that have put the $15 minimum wage in place. Los Angeles just voted this past week to start moving there. They'll get there by 2020. And what's happening? Small businesses, food businesses, service businesses are going out of business or moving out of the city because they can't afford to pay it because what they do isn't worth 15 bucks an hour, period. So the question, George, is are people entitled to what they need or should they get what they earn? That's the question. Well, you would have loved the guy. you got to look him up on your Google. He's called okay. Scott Senten, or S-E-N-T-E-N. And he believes that everybody should mm-hmm. get a thousand bucks a month, whether they work or not. You should just get a thousand bucks a month. Why? Because what that would do, by giving you a thousand bucks a month, whether you work or not, this would free you up. In his case, it frees him up uh, to write blog posts. Right? <laughs> now, he's, I looked up his website. He, he, he's got 68 people, right, to wow. give him money. At the moment, he's at about 450 quid a, a month so he's not quite halfway yet but he has found 68 people mm. who have signed uh, an order to pay him money every month well look and, and that's how it's supposed to work if somebody wants to give you money you want to take it every leave me out of it you know it's funny george i was at this uh confab of evil right-wing neocons last week in colorado in fact we did what it is you suggest that we do regularly i was actually 9,000 feet up on one of the mountains in a lodge owned by a billionaire surrounded by stuffed dead animals eating a luxury meal with silver uh, flatware. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm living every stereotype that George has for me. And um, while we were at this event, this guy comes walking up in an Elizabeth Warren for president T-shirt. This is later in the in the weekend. And uh, his first you know, the first thing out of his mouth was to. 
uh, you know, uh, attack us and talk about how much Republicans hate people. Then he said, I just want to give everybody, I forget how much money, but you'll send me money. I said, dude, that's fine. But why are you getting me involved? Go ahead. Give all the money you want. He said, I love people. And I said, well, if you love us, why are you taking our money away from us? Love us. Leave us alone. Well, it's really interesting. There's a big hullabaloo going on over here because the Irish banks charge mm-hmm. the most interest in mortgages of the 19 countries in the Eurozone. We charge more than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Right. By, by about 3%, like. So we're like at 7 and in Europe they're at 4 Okay, so anyway, the, the politician comes out and says, uh, you're all going to have to cut your rates to European levels, right? And then right. suddenly, lo and behold, I discovered today, I hadn't thought about it, the banks are owned by us because, you know, the Irish banks have <laughs> blown right. up, right? So suddenly I thought, this is a great idea, but George is paying for it. <laughs> yes, George, and your fellow taxpayers are. And I that's suddenly what... realized, he said, well, I had this economist guy on, and he mm-hmm. said, well, the way it works is you, you, you're you, going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's always the, the where it works out to. Somehow the people who work for a living end up paying for everything, and the people who choose not to work pay for nothing and get all the stuff they want, and then they look at us and say, can I have some more stuff? And then you're the bad guy if you say, but wait a minute, you haven't done anything to earn your stuff. We had one of the $15 an hour protesters I had on the show today said, $15 an hour isn't good enough. As soon as we get that, we're going to go for $20 an hour. And as long as it's other people's money, there's no limit to how much of other people's money you're going to take. That's why the only standard, the standard has to be, what are you worth? That's how it's supposed to work. Now you've succeeded in going about 10 or 15 minutes without mentioning the Obama word. And I know, <laughs> I know this gives you indigestion. So, uh, you can say no, it. No, it's fine. It's just, it's just so frustrating. He gave a speech this week to one of our service academy, the military service academies, where he said the number one national security issue for America is ISIS. No. Al Qaeda. No. Russia. No. China. No. It's global warming. Even I got that. Even I got that. Even I got that. So we're going to declare war on the sun, apparently. We're going to launch our missiles. Get ready, sun. We're taking you down. And I'm just going, dude, look, the, the fact is you can talk about one day will there be you know, global warming refugees. I, you know, I don't think so, but whatever. But right now, there are hundreds of thousands of refugees from real live violence in Syria, Iraq, Ukraine. And what are you, Barack Obama, doing about it? Exactly what the Euroweenies are doing about it, which is nothing. And so I'm watching the world do what the world loves to do, stand by and watch people die at the hands of yeah. vicious, villainous murderers and then say, whatever you do, America, don't do anything because well, if America is something, you're the bad guys. So congratulations, George. You've got all the murder. You've got all the racial strife. You've got all the ethnic strife you wanted because America is doing nothing. Well, I, I, I have to say, I'm becoming closer to you. It must be advancing age or something. Must, but, but when I read the headline, Obama says the greatest threat to national security and I'd, on the same newspaper, ISIS mm-hmm. Has just taken Ramadi, exactly. and they're about thirty miles from the from from the capital. Right. Uh, you know, and the whole the whole uh, uh, region could mm-hmm. suddenly disappear uh, under a bunch of complete nut jobs. Right, and he's talking about climate change. I mean, absolutely no, but he. 
He has been. He's the president Europe always wanted. You wanted a president who would put America in its place. Well, we got in the back of the bus. You guys drive. Keep up the great work. And we'll just watch people get slaughtered widespread. We'll watch women sold into slavery. We'll watch children get raped. And you guys can go to bed every night going, well, at least America's not doing anything. Congratulations. (laughs) You you got exactly what you wanted, Ireland. And this is what H.L. Mencken, the great writer of the 20th century, always said. He said, anyone can bear injustice. What stings is justice. You are getting your just desserts for the policy you wanted. You're getting the world you asked for. And it's not going to change. It's how bad is in America, George. They just asked Josh Ernest, the spokesperson for the White House, what about the fact that that ISIS now controls half of Syria? And his answer was, well, it's only half. Oh, well, in that case, okay. It's kind of the glass. Is the is the glass half empty? Is the glass half, have the terrorists half taken over? The terrorists have half not taken over. We want to be positive. Gosh darn it! They've only got half. What about the other half? All right, <sighs> you cheer me up. Uh, thank you so much. Talk to you next week, Michael Graham. When are you bringing me to Cork? I still have never seen Cork, and the greatest Cork man of his generation has never taken me to Cork. When is that going to happen? I'm going to do this soon. There's no Let's doubt. Let's do this. You'd I'm love forward Cork. to it. You'd love of cork and i, I got a few great spots for you to eat and drink excellent well there were some corkers out in colorado when i was there and i mentioned you and they were a big enthusiasts of cork and they said until you've seen cork you haven't seen ireland all right so. Ted, take care